Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This episode of Off Air with Jane and Fee is brought to you by British Heart Foundation. British Heart Foundation have estimated that up to 7.6 million people are living with heart and circulatory diseases in the UK. And there is something we can all do to help fund life-saving research. And don't worry, Fee, we don't all need to run marathons to fundraise today. Over 50% of their research is funded by gifts in wills. Now, these are really vital in supporting life-saving research. It's such a remarkably positive thing we can all do and definitely something to consider if you are writing your will or thinking of updating it. With a simple act, you can support future scientific breakthroughs that could help save and improve millions of lives. British Heart Foundation offers a free will guide and free will writing services too, helping to make the process as easy as possible. To download your free will guide today and help British Heart Foundation fund life-saving research, search BHF Wills. Good to go. Okay, now hot to trot. We had uh, a text on the uh, what's it called, the console, yes, know, to the studio for the radio show to say that it was like everybody, had, the Times radio presenters were having like a last day at school of the Christmas term when you brought games in because we had to just sit there all day and listen to Boris Johnson at the COVID inquiry. Um, it's not quite true because obviously we are listening. You could argue that we're having a relatively easy time, but you do have to pay attention. And I'm not in any way deriding the importance of the inquiry because I think to a lot of people it's hugely significant. Well, it it is massive, Jane. And and I know that lots of other countries completed their inquiries really quickly and there have been criticisms in this country of the sheer length of time Mm. this inquiry is going to take to report. But there is something mesmerising about being able to uh, watch the key players come back in and be forensically grilled. And I'm I'm now thinking it is much better to have waited for a bit of time to have passed. Yeah. And I don't know, I think it just gives the inquiry... It feels like it's more punchy because we have been able to let it settle in our minds. I mean, apart from anything else, we've had such a helter-skelter and a merry-go-round of prime ministers. Yeah, it's been quite frantic on that front here. It seems like we're seeing people from a very distant past, but that's not true, that they are two prime ministers ago, Mm. uh, but barely a year has passed. So if you know what I mean, it's a very, it's like bevel glass going on at the moment, uh, looking into this COVID inquiry, Mm. Uh, but so important. And we do have to keep dragging it back, don't we, to... What is it that we are going to learn for next time? Because there just will be a next time. I think it's also just 
uh, we're a democracy, so we're having an inquiry. If you live in, if you've got the grave misfortune to live in a totalitarian hellhole, you won't be watching the leader of your country who hasn't stood for election for the last 30 years being questioned by a KC. It won't be happening, will it? Uh, so in a way, there is something uh, actually significant and worth celebrating um, in in the sense that we have got the Prime Minister at the time sitting there. He's taken an oath. He has to answer some questions. And I think that's... Maybe we should just occasionally just think, well, we're quite lucky to oh, live in a place where that can happen. Definitely, definitely. Um, and because there's real welly gone into this inquiry, I oh, don't yeah. know how extensive other countries' inquiries were, but presumably not as extensive if they were completed in half the time so we've got that to be grateful for too but we'll be doing the same thing tomorrow as well and it does mean that we don't have a big guest in the program so these are email specials yes and also today we have been i mean people think we've been doing nothing uh just writing our christmas cards uh we've actually also done the book club podcast today which people will finally be able to hear on friday we very well have james so if you were jolly well good enough to read Boy Swallows Universe by Trent Dalton. Friday is your time. And in fact, of course, you can keep that podcast forever and go back to listen to it. It's quite a learned edition of the book club podcast, isn't it? We, do, we give it some proper thought, yes. don't we? Yes. Well, we both read the book and you liked it more than me, but I can still admire it without liking it. It is possible sometimes to hugely admire the skill set of a writer and also think... I don't think I'll be going there again, but I'm glad I went. Yeah, I think you can do that to people as well. (laughs) And indeed, shopping centres. Right, uh, so thank you for all your emails. Which shopping centre do you admire but not really like? Um, Well, the one, uh, the Bristol one. I once, do you remember, have you ever been to that one? Oh, I know the one. Oh gosh, what is the name of it? Over over uh, from the station? uh, No, the one sort of on the motorway before you get there. Oh, okay, no, I don't know that one. Um, I once did Budget Day. OB there, but just did some shopping during the actual budget speech and was then rather mocked on on air when my colleague found out I hadn't actually been listening to the budget because I'd been shopping. But adding to the economy in my own way. Right. Okay. What the hell is the name of that shopping centre? Well, somebody will be in touch. Yeah, I expect they will. If you you know what I'm talking about, God help me if you do. Um, I need to out myself as someone who has behaved disgracefully in public. This is from Aoife, Jane and Fee. I attended Cliff Richard recently, feeling both very young as a 40-year-old and stunned by Cliff's mobility. I was in a queue to collect tickets, and who should be in front of me but Jane? As the queue was rather slow, I have my suspicions that some people with stickers thought they needed to collect physical tickets. Yes, that's possibly true. Jane inquired with a staff member if she was in the right queue, as she was, to quote her, actually on the guest list. The staff member explained that it was all one queue. (laughs) I'm actually on the guest list. I held my breath, wondering if I would then hear, do you know who I am? But actually, Jane was gracious and continued to wait with the rest of us, who, as it happened... We were all on the guest list. Oh, that's so disappointing <laughs> when that happens. <laughs> but actually, I was saved because I went with uh, Sheila Fogarty and she came out to rescue me from the queue. So if he's being quite generous because uh, Sheila had gone in and got our tickets, so I didn't need to actually queue okay. for as long as some other people. Okay. Sorry if you were kept waiting. So there is a certain look. It's like the people who book speedy boarding and think they're ever so special. Mm. It's the slightly kind of... Uh, smug look on their faces uh, when they get up 
to go and queue yeah, yeah, that yeah. then fades when they realise the whole plane is on We've all speed paid extra. Boarding. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So do you think uh, that that there will ever come a time when only so many people are allowed to buy speedy boarding? Because it's not speedy boarding if there are only it's two boarding. people on the plane who aren't speedily boarding. <laughs> Slowly boarding. <laughs> Maybe being a slow boarder will become the more exclusive thing well, to Well, I think it already for. is. Yeah, OK. Well, maybe they should charge extra for that. I've always wondered on a plane, Jane, uh, why they don't just board uh, window seats first, then aisle seats, and then... No, they're middle seats, then mm. aisle seats. I think that would be quicker. But you've got family groups. Well, family groups, they'll be all right. They will really, most family groups, when they go on holiday, they'll be absolutely delighted to have 25 seconds apart from each other, just going to well, do their own thing. What about members of the toddling community? Oh, they can't well, go on unassisted. Yeah, but, no, but they always go on first anyway. So then the rest of them, it makes no sense at all to do seats 65 to 45, because then you just get whatever it is, 80 people milling around oh you go in first do you want the window no you go in first oh shall I put that up no you just do it window middle aisle boom which is your favourite seat if you oh always window is it yes well... and it's always right at the front of the plane if I can not always possible Jane. no it isn't I'm afraid <laughs> Where did the smokers used to sit at the back didn't they they did that was the weirdest system ever yep when you think about it what was that about well it's so unfortunate we obviously we used to travel quite a lot when we were kids because my dad lived two continents away and my poor mum uh, who has always been anti-smoking uh, invariably we would end up in the last non-smoking seat before the smoking section began oh. so you actually just had all of the smoking section yeah, blowing that, it out okay you. so there was no there was no curtain there no, was no attempt nothing it was awful they and just, it was revolting actually i can't really imagine revolting. that must have been hideous on a long haul flight yeah and so people 18 hours and yeah. they could smoke for the whole flight yes as soon as the you know the little symbols went off incredible the whole it? you know the back of the plane lit up wow I, I know it's so odd, isn't it? It is so strange. Because we now, it's one of those incredible changes that has happened in our lifetime that nobody talks about much anymore. But just the notion of being able to have a fag, have a gasper on a long haul flight, yeah. and maybe have 15. Yep. Ugh. Terrible, God. isn't it? Yeah, awful. Yep. You see, things are getting better. They are getting better. My favourite seat, actually, I lied, is on the captain's knee. <laughs> Obviously, I've. I really don't know what to say to that. You popped into the cabin, did you? No, I never have. No, I never have. You've left us all guessing. (laughs) Just trying to make you laugh. We've had so many lovely emails about the husband and the coat. Yes. What's the solution? Well, Uh, but should we outline the problem? Yes, you outline the problem. Well, a lovely listener had had a coat gifted by her long-time partner but recently wedded hubby. Only been married for four years, together for 27. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, my memory is absolutely wonderful today. Slightly better than the former Prime Minister's, in fact, (laughs) you'd have to say. Uh, And um, she's recently lost a bit of weight, which she was very pleased about. He has bought her, for her birthday, a camel coat, size large. She said it didn't suit her and it made her look like an Amazon parcel, she said, which we both we both thought was both wonderful and probably she was being exceptionally self-deprecating. Mm. So her issue was, what do I do about the coat? Which she didn't like anyway. Yeah, and because she had said to her husband when she opened it, oh, that's lovely, darling, thank yeah. you very much. So she was contemplating whether or not she needed a row back mm. or she was just going to have to wear the coat. 
So This one comes in uh, from Kate, who says, uh, a very tragicomic story, that box coat one. Some husbands just aren't very visual. Mine never notices all mines when I've had my hair cut or coloured or not, or whether I've got a new garment on or something I've been wearing for 20 years. Never sees or cares whether I've lost or gained weight and wouldn't dream of trying to buy me any garment I hadn't tried on. But the lovely thing is he still finds me attractive. He simply doesn't care about any of these externals. So the best solution for birthday presents from such people is to have a little chat about what you'd like for your birthday and if he's dead keen on getting you an item of clothing suggest that you go to the shop together other advice though mm. yeah take it back because it's the wrong size says deborah mm. choose a coat of a shape and color you actually like tell husband correct size not available in the style he chose but perhaps that's just as well because although it was a lovely coat i was worried about looking like a parcel ha 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 sorry in a rush but I had to send this i really feel for deborah she clearly is in a massive rush yeah. there's no punctuation there at no, all that's, i mean deborah there. i hope whatever you were heading to was worth it uh, but thank you very much indeed for taking part in that very important debate about what we do about a coat that we don't like um, I love the podcast, says Evelyn. When I was a university student, I was in a play set in a hospital. Do you notice I'm reading out the compliments again? Yeah, well done. Keep yeah. going. It's the, it's the deepest, darkest winter. We need every tiny little yeah. ray of supportive sunlight that we can get. I'm going to start adding compliments. You two are fabulous. Actually, she didn't write that. Uh, when I was a university student, says Evelyn, I was in a play set in a hospital. The director ensured that the patient had a catheter filled with apple juice. And we were so proud of ourselves for being realistic. When our parents came to see the show, my friend's ma'am, who was a nurse, pointed out that the catheter hanging in midair off the bed was not realistic. <laughs> no. Well, it wouldn't be, would it? Because you can't have a catheter hanging in midair. It has to be down. Yeah. It's down by the... Yeah, it is because it's, it's on the stuff draining into it, not yes, it draining into up. you. It doesn't go up. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, mind you, I mean, sometimes um, I've got such superpowers. My urine is vertical. Uh, no, it's it's not. There's possible. the title. There's the title uh, of the podcast. No, no, today. that wouldn't. Is that My right? urine is vertical. No, that doesn't make sense. Is that what I meant? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, I do remember it was the morning after the birth of my second daughter and I was in, obviously in hospital, I hadn't been able to come out uh, and the nurse came round to the bed and said to me, I was holding a baby and she said, oh you do look, you two look, look so lovely, that's a wonderful image. Right, I'm just going to grab your catheter out. Oof. And I thought, oh, and a very good morning to you. <laughs> just, you know, she did as well, but anyway. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Uh, my experience with two members of One Direction is the somewhat... Oh, my God. Evocative title. Am I ready for this? Of an email from Jill. I'm not sure if this qualifies as I didn't actually meet them, but this is oh. my One Direction story. <laughs> Whilst working as a teacher in a college of further education in Lincolnshire in 2010, nice details, a colleague burst into the staff room on the Monday after One Direction had taken part in the X Factor TV competition on the Saturday before, saying, you've gone viral on the internet with One Direction. Obviously, I had no idea what she was shrieking hysterically about, but it became apparent that, as the band members came off stage, a former student who was working behind the scenes on the programme, for reasons known only to himself, thrust a sheet of A4 into the hands of Louis Tomlinson and Zayn Malik. He then asked if he could take their photo. Looking somewhat shell-shocked at this request, they posed for the photo. The yeah. sheet had a large heart on it with the words, We love... 
don't read my name out. My street cred amongst the students was sky high for the rest of the day. I enclosed the said photo. Isn't that lovely? Well. But they it. could have put anything on there, couldn't they? Well, they could. I mean, that's the yep. start of a very, very bad Netflix drama where somebody sends a code and thrusts it into the hands of a TV reality star and it sends out a message to Ooh. people the other side of the world. Have you ever thought of developing a show for Netflix? No, haven't I you? haven't. No. no, have you? <laughs> I could do one set around my incredibly action-packed life. Could you? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> really, I could. You know, all the incredible dramas in my life, changing the brand of tea bags I prefer, <laughs> um, living through the current dystopian nightmare that is Lo- Sainsbury's local bakery not functioning, so there are none of those bagels I really love. <laughs> I'm having to experiment with different breakfasts. Honestly, V, it's horrendous. So we were talking about some kind of press and publicity stuff that we need to do in a in a high octane meeting yesterday. Oh, yes. And yeah. uh, you might do one of those <laughs> my Saturday columns. <laughs> it's actually really difficult because you cannot do one of those Q and A type articles, articles uh, about your life without sounding like a prize pranny. A knob. Yes, it is impossible because you don't want to give too much away. Also, you don't want to be dishonest. But, you know, you just sound... You're just going to sound like a Herbert, aren't you? I know. And actually, uh, I know everybody, everybody in the team was laughing and saying, Jane can just write about going to Little. But actually, you, you ironic, Well, ironically, I don't go on a Saturday. So. Oh, you're kidding me. I know. So Why don't you go on a Saturday? Marty Maverick. Well, because I've got, usually got enough bread in and I do my big shop. Well, that. that's where the column starts. I've got <laughs> enough bread in on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, dear me. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Simon is, well, he says he's not a prepper, but he's in Ontario. Have you seen this? I think probably everybody in Ontario is more prepped than us. Slightly defensively, he says, I'm not a prepper, but I do have 14 cans of diced tomatoes in the kitchen. I think that's quite a lot. I mean, is he fearing a shortage of diced tomatoes? What what actually is going on there, Simon? I'm just never sure about the choice of diced tomatoes. So it's always a good idea to have a couple of cans in your pantry some, if you I, want to, I, you're making I, your bolognese. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? What, some recipes are very certain that you have to have the peeled plum and others go for chopped. I don't like the peeled plum because it doesn't matter how much you mash them, you've always got that hard, that stalky, bit. endy bit, haven't you? Yeah, there's a bit that hangs around, like that bit of lettuce in your teeth that only yeah. you spit out last I, thing I, at I night. I like a chopped tomato. How long has that been there? Uh, you like a chopped tomato? Yeah. Okay. Are they more expensive? No, I don't think so. There's more work gone into them, isn't it? But if I was going to stock up on my tins, mm. I would go for something a bit more high protein than a chopped tomato. I'd have a lot of beans, preferably black beans, mm. and I might have some of those really lovely... You know, you used to be able to get kind of ready-made Christmas dinners in a can. Can you still get that? I'd have all of those. Um, I'm not sure whether you can get... Certainly get you can get a full dinner. You can get breakfast. You mean like the stag yes, breakfast in a yeah. tin? Yeah. I think that's still going. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry, we interrupted. He's not a prepper, although, back to Simon's story, he does have 14 cans of diced tomatoes in the kitchen. You will have to explain why that is, Simon. Um, he says he kind of lives off-grid. He's on solar power with 40 car batteries in the basement to store the electricity. We get propane delivered to a huge tank outside the house just once a year. Wow. I live in an area with lots of trees and sometimes they fall down and break the power lines. So I feel smug when my lights stay on and everyone else is in the dark. But in winter, if we had a budget, we could have some spooky music here, as I said, during the Halloween period. But in winter, it's a different story. I do wind effects. Yes. First, the snow covers the solar panels. Can you do that sound effect? No. So I have to climb a hill with a 30-foot extendable broom to brush them off. (laughs) I don't know what that was. Something erotic about that extendable broom, I think. And anyway, there's often not enough sun in winter, so every few days the propane generator comes on to charge the batteries. The thing about the generator is that when it's minus 20 Celsius outside, and it can get to that several times each winter, it won't start. So I'm constantly in a panic that we won't have power or heat and that the batteries will all die, and so will I. Gosh. It was was getting up up the hill. It wasn't an extendable broom. (laughs) Sorry, OK. Sometimes I wish for a nice pylon says Simon. Oh, Simon, you've really... um, Thank you very much for that. That's a real insight into your life Mm. over there in Ontario. Yeah, so you are are a prepper, but I'm saying that in the nicest possible way. Mm. 
Minus 20 Celsius. I could not live it. I couldn't live with that. No. When we went to America last Christmas, we were mm. caught in that storm that swept across the Midwest and then headed up east. And I experienced minus 12, which is the coldest that I've ever been. And it was just so frightening, Jane. Within a couple of minutes, you felt your insides actually uh, properly change. It was such an odd sensation. It was it was so scary. So, so what minus you mean, 20. The impact went right through you. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. cold is that sensation in this country that we feel, you know, on our skin first, don't we? And I mean, I noticed today when I was uh, walking to the tube station, you know, I had to put my hands in my pockets because I was cold. Meh, blah. Mm. Uh, nobody's feeling sorry for me. I'm not asking oh, you I to. Am. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, but but minus twelve was inside us all. We all just started to feel scared after we'd been outside for fifteen minutes mm. because there was something uh, slowing down inside us. We could all feel it. And actually, your extremities, uh, you know. F- they they seize up so quickly, they numb so quickly. You're not feeling that, but it was terrifying. So yeah. I'm really. No, you wouldn't repeat. You wouldn't go on a holiday like that again at that time of year. No, I just wouldn't no. go out. No, and you know there were so many people who were really struggling without electricity and stuff like that. Uh, they would have been better prepared than we were. That mm. was the lesson. Now, look, this is a serious one, but I do want to read it out um, because I think it's actually quite important. Dear Jane and Fee, there's been quite a lot of talk on the podcast lately about how hard it is being a mother, and I don't know that I'll ever be able to describe it as hard myself. After infertility and miscarriage, even the bad stuff is joyful. There's never a day when I don't feel overwhelmed with gratitude. My road to motherhood was long and painful, and failed attempts to have another child have brought many tears. So for me, the talk about the difficulties of parenting without a balancing caveat about what an immense privilege it is are pretty salty. But my heart breaks for listeners who are in the midst of a journey that they fear may never result in bringing home a much longed for child. To hear about how hard it is with no acknowledgement of how fortunate it is too is deeply painful for anyone struggling with infertility and indeed baby loss. So I don't want at all to stifle discussions about the sometimes very difficult experiences mothers can have but I would like to put in a plea for sensitivity to those women who would love nothing more than the chance to grapple with broken sleep and breast pumps Christmas was always the very hardest time of year for me love the podcast best wishes uh, from Iona who I don't think minds being non-anonymous at all and I really take that on board Iona I suppose all Jane and I would say is that we have quite often across the journey of this podcast which is now approaching I think about seven years uh, 70 <laughs> no but when we were doing it you know in the other place before uh tried to talk about exactly that that we are both feel enormously uh grateful and privileged to have had our kids so i'm sorry if you're not hearing that enough in our conversations about nipples disappearing down breast pumps and all of that kind of stuff i personally would hate you to think that i'm oblivious to the pain of women who can't have children and you know that kind of all having kids is so tough and all of that i i hear you because it is by far tougher to not have been able to have a much longed for child. And uh, we have written about this in our little book, haven't we? Because you wrote a chapter about childcare. We were both very honest about the points that we have mm. felt it to be difficult. But we also wrote about the acknowledgement of the privilege it is to be able to have a bloody yeah. good moan. Yes. So I'm sorry uh, if you found that at all upsetting and 
uh, I will say that I, I'm, I'm with you actually. Some of the I've had way more for, first start. I've had way more boring and annoying jobs than I've ever had times at home struggling with being bored with the kids. And I'd just like to say that out loud. I feel I might be in the firing line. Here. No, not at all. But you know what I mean. <laughs> no, of course I do. And yeah. uh, and even when it's really tough with the kids, uh, the joy of it, because you know that there's a bubble of joy coming, or at least you always hope that there's a bubble of joy coming. And of course, that's the bit that makes it possible to get up the next day and do mm. it all again. So I'm glad you sent that email, Iona. Thank you. Now, absolutely noted, Iona, and thank you uh, for bothering. Um, can we just bring in uh, Rachel? She loves the show and the podcast. Beautiful. Keep it coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, in my attempt to share, I love this. In my attempt to Do you share, think we could ever live on the west coast of America. Do you me? Think if we, if, oh, if we no. really embraced the, all of the positivity. Oh my god! Oh my no no, not going to work. Back to Rachel. In my attempt to share the mental load with my husband, well, that's very daring of you, Rachel. I don't know whether he's ever going to be able to bear it. But anyway, in my attempt to share the mental load with my husband, when there was the threat of a blackout last winter, I sent him out to get a torch with the weekly shop. He came home with a massive torch as long as my arm. He said he thought being massive would mean it was a good one. Oh, this is that's just such a man. <laughs> that is a that's a manly conclusion to leap to. Certainly, more importantly, though, it wasn't a torch with batteries, which would have been useful in a blackout. Oh no, it had a USB and it needed charging with electricity. He couldn't understand why I was so exasperated. Says Rachel. I know, but you've got a bloody big torch there. So um, I've, can I just suggest that you charge it as soon as you become aware of an imminent blackout? There's my little tip. You're going to have such a row with Richard when the apocalypse comes. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. OK, well, best of luck with that mighty, mighty torch. I'd quite like a picture of it because I want to know just how big it is. My head torch arrived this morning. Oh, phew, have you tried it on? Uh, well, no, it, I'd have, and it's actually quite tight. I mean, I've, I've actually, you'll be amazed to hear, got quite a big head. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> but the battery is exactly, it comes with a battery. That's handy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm equipped at four whatever is coming my way. In, in all way. seriousness, Jane, yes. I think a head torch uh, is a very good idea. If you could design and market a kind of nightcap <laughs> that older people could wear, <laughs> where the torch bit just went on automatically when you put the cap on for those nighttime wees, they can be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, well, they can, actually. In all seriousness, yeah. they can. Um, I wonder, I mean, do you think the rest of my household might find it Difficult to take me seriously when I'm wearing my head torch. No, I or, think their love and respect would continue unabated, Jane. <laughs> I think they'd admire my foresight in having one because it wouldn't be very nice if we ran out of power or no, it just went off. It wouldn't. Yeah. I'm just imagining that it might be quite hard to actually have a conversation with you when you've got a very bright head torch on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm already feeling slightly pinned against a wall somewhere. Uh, could we just end with crimpers for a cat? Yes. Uh, Emma says, I just heard you talk about crimpers. As a child of the 60s, I was a peak teenager when crimpers were a thing in the 80s. I got a set for Christmas in about 1984 or thereabouts and used them so much on my dead straight hair that my mum took to calling me crystal tips pretty much full time. Mm. Also, it's true what you said. My hair was crispy after using it. So I am only a year behind you, Emma, and that is exactly what I did to my hair. I crimped it so much, bits of it just fell out in the crimper. 
And oh, I look oh. back at pictures okay. of me and I just look terrible. What what possessed anyone to think that that was an appealing look? It's so weird. You just look like you've had a terrible electric shock. Yeah. <laughs> I also used to crimp my cat, who looked like what? he had had an electric shock too. By the time he was fully done, it took a week to grow out. Loved it. Loved the show. Thank you, Emma. Well, I mean, it's not advisable to crimp your cat. <laughs> no, I, can I just say I really don't do that. Don't. <laughs> don't do that. But if you had a picture... Uh, and I'd like to well, see it. Um, Taylor Swift has been named Person of the Year by Time magazine, and she's on the cover of the new edition of Time, which, by the way, is a magazine I don't think I've ever picked it up. People talk about it as though it's a thing that everybody cares about. Have you ever read it? No. Anyway, they, and here I am, banging on about something, giving it credibility. Me. I mean, you know, I'm an important person. Head torch Jane. <laughs> yeah, I've got a head torch. Um, <laughs> people take notice of me. Uh, anyway, in this photo that is on, on the very striking... You know I would pay you or donate to charity £100 if you go to the Christmas party wearing a head torch. I'll bring it with. Um, the cover of Time magazine, she's standing there, is Taylor, person of the year, and she's got her cat around her shoulders. Oh. And the cat is obliging the photographer with stares straight at the camera, smouldering away. Beautiful cat. Uh, and it's just, I just don't believe that position is possible. Do you think it's photoshopped or do you think a cat would go along with that? Oh, I'm not sure. No. Well, do you want to try that with Dora tonight? <laughs> it's the idea of picking her up. And wrapping around me, wrapping around my shoulders like a stole. No, I think she would. She and also, work. she scratches you. Yeah. So, and no. the porcelain beauty will be dulled for the Christmas season. We can't have that. No, we really can't. Yeah. Uh, so, thank you to everybody who's participated. And keep the wonderful compliments coming because this is that happy time of year when I do intend to read all of them out. If you think we're shite, this isn't the time to communicate with off air. No. Uh, that's the time wait. to be listening to Alistair and Rory you okay. wait until the new year then it's your turn to chip in if you must uh, Jane and Fee at times.radio uh, have a very good evening I fell over this morning actually I haven't had time to it yes I fell over on some black ice I was, do you know it puts me in a good light this anecdote I was delivering hand delivering a birthday card to a dear friend and I slipped over on some black ice it's ten past eight and I had one of those awful experiences where I was on the floor trying to summon as much dignity as possible wearing an unforgiving bobble hat tracksuit bottoms and what I thought were my sturdy appropriate shoes and there was this smoulderingly good looking jogger who just sort of peered down at me and said in the voice I think he reserves for little old ladies are you alright down there? want some help getting up? Oh, it's awful. I said, do you know who I am? <laughs> Check the Radio Times. Yeah, well, yes, I think we are in the Radio Times. Good evening. <laughs> You did it. Elite listener status for you for getting through another half hour or so of our whimsical ramblings, otherwise known as the hugely successful podcast Off Air with Jane Garvey and Fee Glover. We miss the modesty class. <laughs> our Times Radio producer is Rosie Cutler, the podcast executive producer. It's a man, it's Henry Tribe. Yeah, he's an executive. Now, if you want even more, and let's face it, who wouldn't, then stick Times Radio on at three o'clock Monday until Thursday every week, and you can hear our take on the big news stories of the day, as well as a genuine 
genuinely interesting mix of brilliant and entertaining guests on all sorts of subjects. Thank you for bearing with us and we hope you can join us again on Off Air very soon. Mm-hmm.